Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. This is John Goldman, and you're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan, WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. Today I'm happy to welcome The Early, uh, a band from uh, Niles, Michigan. I think they also uh, are from Chicago as well. And uh, they have their album release party on November 3rd for their, I think it's their third album called Culture Fever. Looking forward to talking to the members of the early. And in the meantime, Kara's Cottages is underwritten. I'm sorry, Johnny's Secret Stash is underwritten by Kara's Cottages. One of downtown Kalamazoo's first Airbnbs, Kara's Cottages are within walking distance of local shops, breweries, and some of Michigan's most beautiful walking trails. Additional information at karascottages.com. That's Kara's and Cottages with a K. All right, and uh, I have members of the early on, and uh, that's drummer Fran Gleason, bass, uh, bassist Colin Mattiford, guitarist Trevor McDonald, and keyboardist Alyssa Service. And how are how's everybody doing? Thanks for coming on the doing, show. Doing good. So, Thanks so much for having us. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're really excited about your show at the Acorn, the album release for your um, your new album, Culture Fever. Is that your third album? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. I thought that that's, you know, I saw it on Spotify, and so sometimes it's hard to tell, you know, if maybe albums just didn't get it to Spotify or uh, or whatever. So this is your third album. But you've been releasing singles uh, off the album prior to uh, the album release, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. we have. Okay, good. Uh, and I understand you guys are, I mean, I, I know from the website you call yourselves Michigan-based. Is that uh, Niles, Michigan? What part of Michigan do you consider yourself based out of? Niles, Michigan, for sure. Okay, and that, was that Fran that just answered that? Oh, no, sorry, that was me, Colin. Okay, Colin. Yeah, I'm going to try to um, remember just by voice who's who's talking. So, Colin, you and Fran started the band, right? Yeah, that's correct. We uh, met through a mutual friend through a recording sh- session back in uh, 2017. Oh, so you've been uh, going strong for a while. Uh, and yeah. What, what, um, what were you guys doing before you started the band up? Well, I, a band of mine had just ended called The Detour, and by the time Fran and I had met, I was pretty much out of bands for about uh, five or six months, pretty much just playing around and open mics as much as I could and still trying to meet people. Ah, sounds good. And um, was, I mean, I guess you guys are calling this music kind of like new disco, um, it's, uh, rem- certainly reminiscent of late seventies music and, um, and even some sixties influence to it and things like that. Would you, how would you, you know, categorize the music? Not that I even like to categorize, I generally don't, but, um, it seems like, you know, kind of helps to, to get a sense of, of what might be coming, uh, w- with a category ahead of time. I guess the best way to go ahead, Fran. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, um, we kind of labeled it like Indie Groove, kind of. Indie uh, Groove, yeah. Yeah, Indie Groove. And, uh, you know, of course, we take a lot of, a lot of inspiration from, like, roots rock, uh, you know, uh, jazz rock, disco, basically anything that's happening in 1977 or 78, basically. Um, that time frame, we took a lot of inspiration for this record. Oh, so that's. Did you say it took a lot of it took a lot of administration to get the record together? No, just a lot of inspiration. Inspiration. Okay. Well, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so to be to be honest, I guess it did take a lot of administration too on this <laughs> album. Um, I want to say there's upwards of um, at least eight to ten, well, maybe even twelve outliers that involve both strings horns arrangers and um i guess composers 
Oh, so really? Okay. It did take a lot of administration on on top of just us four here. Yes, there's quite a there's quite a team behind this album. Yeah. Well, what's the story behind putting the album together? Where did you record it, and and uh, you know how did you produce it and get in all these people? Yeah. So we met a we met a guy named uh, Nick Rapley. He moved from New York City to Valparaiso, Indiana, and he set up a, a home studio. And uh, that's 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 where we got started. Basically, saying we wanted to make a you know make a record um, and make it as big big of a sound as possible, but keep it with with actual musicians. Basically, was he involved in your prior releases? No, this was the first release he was part of. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yep, he came in and he he's the he was producer. Um, you know, he recorded it in his studio and whatnot. Um, he, he guided us through it basically brought in the other musicians and, and that kind of thing too. Yeah. He got us in touch uh, with, um, with an arranger, uh, in, in, New York, in New York city. He's out of Brooklyn and, uh, basically arranged the horns and strings. And then, yep, we got all the music, local musicians in to come in and, and track that basically. Um, so string section, horn section, um, some, some woodwinds to, um, yeah, to get that all done. So uh, that sounds great. And uh, Colin and Fran, you guys were, are considered the founders of the group. When did Alyssa and Trevor join you guys? Well, I think Trevor joined about, oh, God, that would have been like uh, it was around February of 2018. Okay. Nice. <laughs> oh, we, we found him on Craigslist, believe it or not. Really? Okay. That's, yeah. That's See, it. they don't. They don't. They don't all have bad endings, so. You didn't get beat up in the parking lot or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> this is part of my 10-year plan. Um, we're doing really strong right now, so. Yeah. Uh, no. And and uh, we actually were able to complete uh, the album Shadows together. So um, when you hear Shadows, there's a portion of that that does involve a different guitar player that was um, wanting to depart from the band. Ah, gotcha. Um, okay. Uh so, uh, who's the primary writer for the songs that you guys play? It's kind of all of us. It just depends really? on okay. the song, really. I see. Okay, yeah. so what what's yeah. your writing style? How do you guys usually put a, a song together? Yeah, well, I, think well, I think it's a little different for each person. Um, I know, and usually what, we kind of, what we've been trying to do recently is kind of who's, who's writing it is the person that's going to hopefully be singing it. Um, so I don't, everyone's, everyone's a little different though. I like to, I definitely like the lyrics first and then I get together with like Trevor and we, you know, figure out the music and then that, that can help me finish the song basically. Ah, gotcha. Kind of hard, kind of hard for, kind of hard for the drummer to, to really nail down uh, writing a complete song by himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So friend, um, have you always played the drums or did you start with any other instruments? You know, how did you, how did you get going on drums? Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I've mainly just only ever been a drummer. Like I'd never really wanted to play any other kind of instrument. Um, like I, you know, I know I play a couple chords on the guitar and play stuff on piano, but um, nothing I could play on stage really. But yeah, I got, I got started drums when I was like, uh, I think like 10 and then, um, my parents got me a drum kit and I just basically taught myself by playing to records for like hours on end, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's and, a, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You so sort of taught yourself uh, through just following along on records and what kind of records were you yeah. listening to? You know, what, what was your inspiration at that point yeah, when so, you were a kid? Uh, I, well, getting started, it was just like basic, like rock and roll music, but, um, it wasn't until a friend introduced me to the Beatles and I was really getting into the Beatles and Ringo as a drummer. And so I just play, I'd play Beatles records for hours after school and then, and then go play, play gigs with my first couple bands. And that's kind of just where that started. I mean, I think my first icon was, or my first idol, I should say, was, was John Bonham because my dad's a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Oh yeah. Uh, but then, then I kind of, you know, started learning about Ringo and then Levon from the band and, um, you know, even, even, even Don Henley. Uh -huh. Yeah, like Don Henley from the Eagles, even, you know, drummer singers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, there's not yeah. too many drummer singers out there. I mean, I can think of, um, 
uh, from Genesis. Um, of course, Phil Collins. Uh, Phil Collins, yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, Jay Rad, he's a drummer-singer. I don't know if you ever uh-huh. heard of him. Um, you know, he, they do a lot of uh, dead covers, kind of. Uh, uh, Joe, Russo's, Joe Russo also dead, almost dead. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's uh, an interesting, you know, kind of uh, way to get started, I guess. Did you? And when did you start? You know, writing songs. I feel like I've always been doing that, and hopefully, you know, I don't know. I actually, yeah, I think it was like the first couple bands. You know, I always wanted to have a hand in kind of the, the songwriting, especially since the, you know, I, I was listening to the Juggernaut that was Lennon McCartney all the time, and I found it very, very interesting, and uh, just my, kind of, kind of my favorite part of the process. You know, just the songwriting and. Um, yeah, that's just that's kind of been a thing since the go, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And Colin, um, you play bass. Um, do you write songs as well? Yeah, guitar is actually my first instrument. Um, oh, okay. I kind of I kind of picked up the bass after our last bassist left, and well, uh, I don't write too many songs on the bass unless it is something melodic. There have been some songs where I've come up with a melodic hook on the bass, which you know, for the most part, that that is kind of the core of it. When it comes to chords and stuff like that, I tend to gravitate towards the guitar. But the, but all the while thinking about, okay, how am I going to be able to apply bass to this? So in my mind's kind of thinking in two worlds at that time. Right, right. And what what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Well, growing up, I guess uh, a lot of classic rock. I think uh, my dad was a huge. Fleetwood Mac fan and he liked heart. So kind of that mid and late 70s stuff, uh, bands like that and Aerosmith and some Eric Clapton stuff like that. So I think that was what I was listening to at the time before I ever picked up an instrument. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting how we, you know, we get influenced by the kind of music that was just kind of playing in the house, you know, and that's usually your parents playing the songs or an older brother oh, yeah. or something like that. And, uh, you know, that, that goes a long way. So <laughs> you got to kind of be yeah, careful when oh, you yeah. play around the house, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and how did you um, kind of evolve into the kind of music you guys are all playing now? Well, it was kind of just a, I guess that goes back to the writing process, I think, you know, as we write different songs, you know, different rhythms or, or, or melodies might show up. So what, a style that we might have been playing two years ago might not fit with what we were currently writing. So we figure, okay, what can we do differently? Or, you know, maybe this does have more of a, a disco or groove kind of feel to it rather than what we would have been doing. So it, I guess we kind of let I don't want to speak for the band, but for me, I kind of let the, the music tell me what to do in regards to a, a genre or a style, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I get you. Before you uh, were with this band, were, um, what kind of music were you playing? Was it similar kind of music? No, no. I would say it, like it back in high school, it was more like, uh, actually a lot more like pop punk, like green day and, Blink-182, and then as I got out of high school, it turned more garage rock bands, kind of like uh, the, the White Stripes or the Black Keys, something like that. So almost like a blues element there, too. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I, there doesn't seem to be a lot of bands that, that uh, you know, swim in the genre that you guys are in, and so I'm just, you know, trying to get a better understanding of how it comes about and... Um, uh, what kind of audience do you often see? Are they older people, younger people? You know, who who uh, are your fans? Well, I haven't seen any toddlers yet, so <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a part of the thing. Right. <laughs> but but, um, but I, I would say it's uh, generally around mid-20s and as far as up as it goes we've seen we've actually yeah. we've had we've had some diehard fans that are pretty much in their late 60s or early 70s sort uh, of like for, nostalgic for some, for some they're, shows they're, yeah, they're, yeah it could yeah. be something like that yeah yeah kind of nostalgia for some and then uh, uh opening a new door for other people who haven't heard it before right okay. sounds good and Alyssa, how did how did you um join the band how did you get involved with the band 
Yeah, so I actually, I joined in 2019. It was fall of 2019. Um, I was in college at the time, and one of my college friends, her name is Rachel McLaughlin. She goes by Lunchbox Rachel. Um, The band was actually her backing band for her album release show. And she had asked me to run merch at her show. And so I was there (laughs) and, um, you know, we got to talk in and one thing led to another. And then I I ended up meeting Colin for dinner, kind of like for this little like interview type thing. It was so official. He gave me like a packet (laughs) with all of the the chord sheets and like the CD and everything, you know. And um, I went to a rehearsal and we kind of just said like, you know, go over a couple songs at the rehearsal, whatever. But we ended up playing for like, I don't know, almost eight hours together. And it just kind of like flowed naturally. So. Oh, very nice. And, um, were, so you play keyboards. Was that something that you'd been playing for a while or did you switch instruments to join the early? How did that come about? Yeah. So vocals are definitely my primary instrument. I've been a Uh, singer all my life. uh I started vocal training when I was six years old. I thought I was Mariah Carey as a child. My mom was like, you're going to blow your, your voice out. We got to get you some training, you know? Um, so I started vocal lessons and that's definitely like where the heart lies. Um, yeah. keyboard wise, I started that as like a supplementary thing. Like, so I could play while I was singing, you know, like right. when I started learning. Um, but I've been playing keys about like 15 years, but this is my first time playing keyboards, like in a band setting. And so it's a little bit different, but it's been a very like fun experience. Yeah. I'm yeah. What what kind of music um you know do you normally listen to or you know were you listening to as you were growing up? What what was your what were your influences your, your musical instruments? I mean you mentioned Mariah Carey. Uh were there other um Oh, definitely there were others, yes. <laughs> I um Sorry, I didn't really cut you off. I, it's funny. Um, yeah, Mariah Carey was like the big one for me as a super small child. But sure, I, mean, sure. I was raised on like 90s R&B and like Motown stuff and like 70s funk and soul. And so like a lot of the um, like vocal influences that you'll hear from me come from that kind of stuff. So that yeah. more like soul influence thing. Um, but in terms of like musical taste, I mean, I'm all over the place. I've studied jazz i love jazz i was a progressive metal head for a long time i mean i guess i still am i love going to metal shows (laughs) um and i love classic rock and all that sort of stuff i mean i'm i'm all across the board but passion wise i think it's like more more that feel of what i grew up on because it's nostalgic for me too yeah yeah do you do any of the writing as well oh yeah yeah. definitely uh yeah it's go go ahead no i i didn't mean to interrupt I'm sorry. No, it's me. I, I go too fast. I apologize. Um, but yeah, no, definitely part of the writing. You know, we all have different writing processes that we, we go through. And definitely. for me, it it kind of manifests a little different each time. Sometimes I'll just get a melody. That That's usually how it starts with me. I'll hear a melody first. Uh-huh. And from that, I can then kind of figure out where, like, you know, what kind of feeling does that evoke with me? And what do I want this to be about? You know, and sometimes like with what to do with you, that was, that song is like a crazy one because I wrote it in about 20 minutes. I just like had it all of a sudden. It was the just, best like, in songs my seem to come right? out like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. All of a sudden you're just like, <laughs> Oh, Oh my God, I've created a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I guess I've been constructing in my sleep, but um, yeah. So I had that done in like 20 minutes, and from then on, you know, um, we got together and kind of like tweaked it a little bit and did whatever, and you know, made it fit with the, the instrumentation. But yeah, it's it's usually easier for me to have music first. So whether it be a melody from my own mind or listening to something else that's being played, I can usually come up with stuff pretty quickly. For yeah. That. I see. Okay. Uh, can you put a, a guess at how many songs you might have uh, started writing? Oh, God. And when I say started like, writing, I'm understanding that, you know, you guys will bring, you know, a song to the group and then kind of develop it more thoroughly. So that's why I called it that. But um, Yeah. You mean like my, like the songs that I have like in my song bank? Yeah, that are not, yeah. Oh, man. And there's a good chunk in there, probably, I don't know, upwards of 25, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and do they they all come to you like that? Or, you know, um, do they just kind of come to you suddenly? Or do you ever find yourself, you know, needing to 
sit down and be like, okay, well, right now I'm going to sit down and write a song or, or do you, you know, let it come to you and then work fr- from that into a final version? Yeah, most of the time it's easier for me to just let it kind of flow out naturally. I feel like if I if I put too much pressure on myself, it doesn't feel as organic and it starts to just, you know, like not not have the kind of meaning behind it that I I want it to have. It's not conveyed the right way like for me it just it always ends up better when I just let it flow. If I don't try too hard, it ends up being, you know, a better product most of the time. So um yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that sounds kind of, you know, kind of familiar. Uh yeah. and uh, Trevor, so um uh you you play guitar. How how long have you been playing guitar? I think it's heading on 14 or 15 years. And did you take exactly. formal lessons? I mean, how did you how did you get into guitar playing? Um my father was a guitar player in the 80s. Oh, cool. um, prior to him, my grandmother was a uh, organist for her church. Um, my earliest memories was going to their house and seeing a two-tier organ with foot pedals in the basement, a full-on electric organ. Oh, and, fun. Uh, you know, not knowing anything about it. I mean, that's a beast of an instrument to see with the stops and the yeah and the uh, selective keys for the rotor and the <laughs> expression pedal and all these things. Yeah, but, you can do so much with those. Yeah, I grew up around a lot of instruments, so it was something that I think was almost to the point of osmosis. You know, I woke up one day and could play, you know, but um, over time, I mean, I just started um, getting involved with my church. My father had been playing for a couple of years, and uh, I, I mean, I was big into the shredder heads back in the like back in the early 2010s. Uh-huh. Um, just really sticking to anything that kind of stuck out to me that was sounded new and different, regardless if it was new, you know? Right. Right. Um, but yeah, playing in the church for many years gave me a lot of exposure to playing out and playing live at an early age. So whenever I came around to being in, you know, garage sized bands, like, you know, I, I felt ready to, you know, have that out and actually do something with it. Right. So, do you um, read music, uh, or are you, um, you know, kind of playing by ear with your guitar playing. Um, I, I am a little versatility with it. I am not like a sight reading magician, but I, I had, I had formal training in college. Um, oh, I am okay. a major of music and I, I studied up until like my final semester solely jazz music. Um, and so I, you know, I had to do charting and I can read uh, chord charts, you know, on the fly. That's fine. Oh yeah, but, so that's yeah. that's a pretty thorough um, musical education. It's not like you just went to a couple, uh, you know, sat down with someone who showed you some chords. I mean, you were you were in college learning, you know, music theory and and that kind of thing. It sounds like right. Yeah, um, I was there say like while in the music business involved with that too? I know a lot of uh, um, you know music degrees involve not just playing music, but also in um, uh, you know, understanding the management side of things as well. I would say so. And I think it's something that I didn't realize while taking business courses that it would apply so well to this, um, especially the marketing side, given that it feels like it's ever changing. But sure. um, thankfully, I'm not naive to it. But I, I I don't think I was I was as focused on the business side as just, you know, landing the next thing as far as a musical accomplishment, you know. Well, there's very, I mean, there's not much of a roadmap when it comes to trying to start a band. And I mean, you know, it it would be weird to have a class where they'd say, okay, here, here's how you start a band. Here's where you go with it. I mean, because so much of it is, is, I mean, it's, it's that artistic part. So, you know, that's that's a huge part of it, obviously. Exactly. Exactly. And you were asking a lot about inspirations and I I would say for probably all of us, it, it feels like it feels like it's an ever-changing thing. I, I couldn't say directly that, like, right now, what was inspiring me during, like, Reckless, uh, our, our second album, is, is impacting me as much now as, say, uh, The Grateful Dead or um, The Band or, I don't know, something even on the, the helm of a country artist. But um, largely, I guess, with, with um, jazz rock and, I guess, what we would 
Call Our Sound Now part uh, as well as Indie Group um, was just something we were really listening to a lot at the time, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm sure it it, uh, it has a big role in, in you know, how how things trans, how, how they come out when you're putting right. the stuff together and what you're listening to and what influences you at that time. And, you know, I, I know when I look back on periods of time when, you know, I was putting something together, whatever it might be, that uh, you kind of think of where you were at that time and how things were fresh and new and interesting. And, you know, now you might be doing a similar kind of thing, but that, that prior inspiration may not feel as new and interesting because it, um, it, it's become, you know, more common than, than it was at the time. So exactly. Uh, yeah. You got to go with that new thing. You got to, you know, constantly <laughs> be evolving and, and, uh, you know, op- have wonderment and, and have interest and, and excitement in order to evolve as a musician. It sounds like this is a compilate. This album is the culmination of that. Yes. Yes. I would describe it as an album of, uh, if you were to switch the radio in your, I don't know, seven seventy six Chevelle or I don't know a Cadillac Cucabilla or something, and every channel has something that is an earworm, but it's completely different in genre almost. You know. Right. Right. You got your jazz rock. You got your folk rock. You have your disco esque things, and they all they all fit well. But it's like, you know, it's something that we like. Basically, we're synthesizing in a way. You know. Let me ask you. So, um, the name, the early, uh, where did that, you know, how did that, uh, how did you guys come up with that? Well, originally, Oh, you want to go friend? No, you go, man. Sure. Sure. It's Colin. Well, original, original. Yes. Uh, originally we were mind over motion and we got a producer to help with our first record shadows. And he was a, he's a, the drummer for Reba McIntyre and, and Jewel, his name's Trey Gray, and he said, yeah. "I want to produce. I want to produce your guys' record." But he just he said, "There's one thing you gotta do for me. You gotta change your name." Because <laughs> he said it. He, he said, he, and at that time we had only been a band for maybe six months, and but he, he said it just sounded like too too much of a local too too local of a name or something. Ah, okay. And yeah, uh, yeah. and I. And I think the early was actually the second, it was the second name we had. I, we had like a long list and I think the early was the second one. Does it mean anything? But, I mean, is well, it, uh, Fran, you want to, you want to take that one? Yeah. So I remember Trey, he was like, yeah, that name, mind over motion, that's, that's gotta go. And, you know, we were kind of all like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not the best name. So, um, yeah, we, we were just shouting out some names and, you know, I kind of suggested it as a joke because um, early, which is E R L Y, that's my that's my middle name. Oh, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my middle name, and you know, it's my dad's middle name. It's my grandpa that was his middle name, and it was one of my like, you know, great great uncle's first name or whatever. So it's like a family name. Sure, sure. And uh, so then I just like the early, you know, kind of as a joke. But then Trey and all of them were like, "Wow, that's a cool name." And, you know, I, was, I I don't remember when I finally broke it to you guys. It's like, yeah, that's my middle name. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, was yeah, it just it just worked. Long know, after it, worked, it, so. it had gotten embedded and everyone was on board with it, and then, and then you were feeling, yeah, oh, like, by the way. Well, it is a really cool uh, band name. And anytime you know you take a word like that and add a add a um, you know an article before it, I always think that that you know kind of creates a uh, an interesting view. It. I, I'm. I know the 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 members of the band, uh, the Bergamot, and I always thought like, wow, you know, that's a and that's a fruit. I don't know if you ever heard of those guys. They're from South Bend. Um, it's a husband yeah, and wife I, team. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, they're name, they're terrific, and and uh, <laughs> I always thought like, you know, they're not just co- like so. A Bergamot is a type of uh, citrus fruit, and so it'd be like saying the orange or the lime. And, uh, you know, just, um, but, but that, uh, the, having a name that is familiar enough and, and easily enough to, to kind of place, uh, but adding an article before it, I, I just think that that just, uh, that just creates a whole new level there. So <laughs> kudos on the name. That's a great name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
So, uh, uh, you know, obviously you guys must have had a start, and I understand that uh, Fran and Colin, you know, kind of, you know, got together, and maybe there were some other prior members, but like, where was your first gig? You know, how did that all come about, and and uh, how did that make you feel as you know putting together a band? Were you like, hey, this we can do this, let's go? Well, before right before we became a band, how Fran and I jammed after we had met through that recording session, he texted me about a week later, said, Hey, my neighbor's having a Kentucky Derby party. Uh, would you want to learn some songs and, and jam with me and some of my friends? And I said, sure. So we practiced the weeks leading up to that and God, that party must've lasted like six hours or something. But if anything, yeah. Oh yeah. But, but you know, that, that, that proved that, okay, we, we know how to, we know how to practice. We know how to jam. Maybe, maybe this could be a band. And, you know, as I said, my band had just ended and I think Fran's band was ending around that time too. So we figured, well, let's, let's start this up. And then I think our first gig after that, well, like when we officially called ourselves a band would have Fran, was that a backyard party somewhere around Crown yeah. Point? Yeah, that was a house show in, in Valpo. Yeah, we just played out. And it was like a one of those eight-band bill shows where you get like 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was out in someone's yard out in like the middle of like Valpo. And it was uh, Valparaiso, Indiana. So it, yeah. was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that was just me and Colin and two other previous members. And uh, I'm trying to think of, Trevor, was your first show with us? Was that? the well in south bend it was at the well in south bend on uh, st patrick's day that's right and i think you can actually find the live audio of that show online still i think that's up there somewhere like band camp band camp <laughs> yeah, it's like a band or something camp like that. yeah something like that yeah and that was great were um the four of you um involved in all three of your records uh no um, the uh, well, Trevor. Well, Trevor. Well, Trevor came in around the end of Shadows, and then Alyssa came in sometime after that, and was been with us since Reckless. That's short answer. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and we were started talking about you know some of the the, the way you recorded this present album. Um, uh, you, I, I think his name was uh, Nick Rapley. How did you guys get connected with him? He actually kind of seeked us out, I think. He, because uh, he moved to he moved to Valpo and he became friends with the producer that, or with the guy that produced our second album, Reckless, uh, Paul Bennett. Um, and so they were they were kind of uh, you know talking, and he must have brought us up. And Nick actually came to one of our shows, um, and that's how we uh, that's how we met him was at that show. And was the subject of putting an album together something that you brought up or he wanted to put an album together? How did, how did that come about? Well, I know, because um, the, the thing with our second record, it kind of goes back to our second record, Reckless. Um, we, we recorded that in 2020 and uh, right before COVID happened. And then everything got delayed. So sure. <laughs> in, that whole, in that whole time period, we were writing a lot of songs. And so by the time that record came out, we were ready to record another record like right then and there. And I think it was around that time we really were just looking for someone to, to helm the project. And he just kind of fell into the scene, basically. So I think it might have been just like a mutual like, hey, let's get together and make a record. kind of thing. So the yeah. songs that you have for this album, uh, were these the songs that uh, largely were created over, you know, that COVID shutdown time? Uh, there might have been, nah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I, I mean, there might have been some influence of songs that would become later in that, but I think mm -hmm. it, I, I think by the time Reckless was released, I, we, we definitely had some ideas of songs that we were working on that would eventually be on this album. So, so I, I would say it was around, I don't know, I guess around the end of 2021 is when we started, you know, started thinking about new songs for another album even though we were just about to release the one we had. So. Okay, I see. And did you have to, you know, take any breaks? Did you 
pivot and try to do something else during that COVID time? You know, what, what were you doing as a band when everything was shut down? Well, fortunately we, uh, we got right before stuff got shut down, we got the basic tracking of everything, which is like the four key instruments. So one, one thing we did during that, we did remote recording sessions with our, uh, producer Paul, uh, and we kind of just did vocals and uh, slight overdubs, basically from our homes. Okay, so this, for, so the um, the prior album was uh, primarily done during that period of time when everything was shut down, and you were just adjusting during that recording period. Yeah, yeah. How was that? I mean, that being the second album that you had done by that point, you know, how was that trying to? You know, I, I, I mean, obviously during COVID, I think we all thought like this may go on forever like this. We might always just, <laughs> you know, kind of be holed up and and not have uh, interactions with other people in person. And it, it was a very strange time. So did any of your songs kind of reflect that stuff going on? Um, I think uh, I, well, I think the thing with, with the Reckless album we had those songs written before COVID happened. Um, and we had majority of the stuff recorded. We just had to finish that up. And then, I don't know, do you, do you guys think anything for Culture Fever was was, was uh, inspired by COVID? Because I know the songs I wrote weren't really necessarily, maybe oh. Rebel Fan, but not completely. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think there's really any, like, off the top of my head that I've written that I can think you're inspired by it. I mean, maybe different um, underlying themes like loneliness, right? Because that was a big thing during COVID. Right, like, right. Just yeah. being separated from people and all that. Well, that, that does sound like it could, could have very well been inspired by that period of time. Did, um, you know, what are the subjects of a lot of your songs? I mean, is there a recurring theme? Is it just kind of all over the place? I guess, uh, I guess one, one would kind of be just inner, in, inner, perspective, uh, inner retrospective of oneself, which I guess is kind of what art is in general. So that might be too vague of an answer. Yeah, I think with my my two songs that are on the record, which is playing the main and, and Red Roof Inn. It's it's kind of it's kind of touching on similar topics where it's just, you know kind of pushing away problems and kind of you know hoping they never come back and they always do come back and um, you know kind of kind of learning how to overcome that and just I don't know just trying trying to trying to trying to become a better person I guess I you know the the, the process of that um, I think my my songs kind of kind of touch on that. So uh, I know that you have your album release party at the Acorn Theater on November 3rd. Uh, is the album going to be released on, uh, you know, when you say album release party, is that when it's going to get onto Spotify and be available, you know, on, off your website and things like that? You know, what, what, what does an album release party look like? Uh, yeah, the album will be available uh, everywhere on that day. And then the release show is people's first uh, chance and experience to get to hear it in a live setting. Yeah. Well, okay. I, yeah, I get that. Um, and so do you have, um, you know, like a tour anticipated? I mean, I know you're going to go to a couple other places after November 3rd and uh, I'm on your website, but I'm not on that page. Uh, do you, yeah. do you have a uh, big plans for, for getting it out there? Yeah. So actually we have the, we have the record pressed on uh, vinyl and CD. Um, so, uh, that will be available that day. We actually have a pre-order already set up for that, um, with our website. So, um, if you want to reserve a copy, that's optional. Um, and then at the release show on the third, you can definitely get, get a copy there and whatnot. And we'll be playing it live. And on that day, it'll also be available in all streaming. And, uh, yeah, after that, we're going to be playing in a couple cities. We're going to be going to Chicago, um, Cleveland, and, uh, I think up to the Milwaukee as well. So we will be playing out, trying to, trying to get it out there and promote it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the old days when, um, 
the album was what it was all about, you know, uh, and people, they'd go on tour in order to promote the album. And now it's kind of the opposite. Like you, uh, you, you know, it's the live shows where everything's at and, you know, the merch sales and the ticket sales and that kind of thing. And that the, um, uh, the album is kind of, uh, the, you know, you, you, the album is like a teaser for the live show. Uh, do you, do you yeah. find that? Do you find that to be the situation? I think that's the best way to get a following. Yeah. Especially if you plan to play a lot, which, which we do plan to do. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a great way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, I think, I think Trevor would have a good stance on this too, is that, you know, we, we have our record, but we also, and by you saying it's a teaser is a great thing too, because we like to change the songs a lot live for every single show. We kind of mix things up and jam certain things out. Um, and like Trevor, Trevor and I are really into to kind of figuring that out for the shows basically. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, uh, that's always really fun when, when a band will take that, you know, their existing song, the, the framework of their existing song and then get up on stage and just really take it to another level, creating on the spot and, and, uh, making a go at it. And that sounds like, so I haven't seen you live, uh, but it sounds like that's the kind of thing that your live shows have, uh, you know, you've got this backbone of these, you know, strong songs that you've got these three albums for, but then when you get up on stage, you, you're a little bit more prone to, um, to, you know, some improvisation and, and stretching it out and, and, uh, you know, kind of having fun with it like that. Right. I mean, it's also beating the predictability um, because the one thing that would be most important, especially I think for bands that are trying to do the, you know, the authentic thing is have the recorded version, but going above and beyond for the live performance side of it, almost to the point where I like feel bad selling them physicals because they're just not going to hear some of these versions, you know, unless they see it live. Yeah, right, right. Is there like, you know, any kind of um, uh, songs available on you know, kind of bootlegging kind of songs. I mean, it's not like really bootleg these days, but you know, uh, live performances that are available for people to be able to see, or do you have a live, a live album anticipated? Are you thinking about that? Uh, that's a good, that's a good consideration. The closest thing was actually when we did a live performance on the bunker, the bunker live about a year, oh, just over a year ago now. And we, we did some different things than what you would hear, especially with some songs that are on this upcoming album. And how often do you guys get together to, you know, get ready for shows? Do you have a regular, you know, nightly, uh, regular weekly get together where you practice or you just, you know, as things come up, then you sit down and make sure you're ready for them. I would say, I would say at least once a week. Oh, Oh, good. Okay. So, so you're pretty regularly working on stuff. Yeah, pretty yes. much. We all try to give give ourselves homework to do for the next week. Uh, obviously, when you sometimes you practice together just to make sure you have the song down. Sometimes you practice it to add new things to it. But you know, we all try to practice on our own outside of our weekly thing, just to make sure that our our chop our individual chops are up to par as well. Yeah. Seems like um, the drummer's house is usually where the practices go because they have the biggest equipment to deal with. Is that your situation too? Uh, Luckily, Luckily, it's a split um, where like, say for instance, tonight we are practicing in Niles, like directly after this. Um, So that's great for us on a Tuesday and uh, free and central time. But um, we also will practice at Fran's house sometimes. Um, so it's kind of just a uh, play by ear week by week type thing. But I mean, we thankfully don't have just one space, just right? You've maybe, got maybe just multiple options, up, you know? multiple options exactly. on where to go. Do you, um, do you ever just, you know, do informal recordings of the stuff that you guys put together? Yeah. I was going to say sometimes, um, I don't have nearly the space that either Fran or Colin have, but there have been times where, um, we sit down in my my room in my house and just do um little recordings on my just like a couple mics and uh you know a couple line-ins and then we just you know 
we keep those for sake or, or honestly, a lot of the time it's voice memos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Being able, oh, so many voice memos. <laughs> yeah. Just someone just puts their phone on the table and, uh, exactly. And it's, it's yeah. surprising how, how good those sound too. It's really amazing. What, yeah. what Honestly, iPhone is I able have to do? Thousands, do you? <laughs> thousands of voice memos on my phone. Yes, yeah. it takes up so much space, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, some people use it for kind of remembering a little melody that they might have come up with, or that's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Do you find yourselves doing that when you're, you know, out and about? Matter of fact, yeah. And if I want to go one step farther, I'll even record it into a, a recording software just so I can have it cleanly. You know. Um, but I think all of us will either have a humming track or an acoustic track or a, I don't know, just a vocal line or a guitar lick or something. Right. Like, Hey, check this out. I came up with this yeah. in the car. And- <laughs> I know it ain't much, but uh, you know, a, a true working mind, hears the finished product before it exists. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how a lot of my songs start actually, is I, I bring them and I'm like, Hey, I have this like little lyric thing and sometimes it'll just be like a couple lines or something and then we build off of that and we'll build a chord progression with the melody and stuff so i gotta say it sounds like you guys all really work very nicely together and work off of each other nicely and are able to be creative um you know through these efforts that you have and and uh together that's uh that's a nice um it's a nice thing to be able to have a group that is able to do that. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good way to bounce ideas off each other too. In case one person gets stumped on something, they can bring it to the group and kind of pass the ball around a little bit and see what comes of it. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I know this album's only coming out in two weeks, but do you have uh, other things, um, you know, in mind? Any, any other al- any new albums coming up or any tours coming up or um, you know new yeah. songs that you're working on or you know so th- that kind of thing? Yeah, we got we got some things under wraps. I think this is the this is the first time where it's kind of like you know don't really have the next thing in 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 place. But I think what you were talking about earlier, like some live stuff, I think that I think that's kind of the move. I think that's kind of the next move is, is getting some live recordings or a live EP or an album maybe. Um, like that, I know we're going to be, we're going to, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's but, where the real energy is a lot of times. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. recording in the studio, it's hard to capture that that uh, energy that comes out through live music. And it sounds like you guys do a lot of uh, fun improvisation and, and uh, you know, that, that can get captured really nicely in a live environment, especially with a really fun audience doing it. So I guess it's kind of hard to know when to turn on the the recorder when you're doing that kind of stuff. And you can't just record or, or have a lot, you know, a live recording at every show that you do, that's going to be of a quality that might make it to an album. You kind of have to be more um, uh, specific about it or more intentional about it, I should say. But uh, even sometimes that intentionality takes away from the spontaneity. So it's, it's a little bit of a, I, I guess you just have to record a lot of live shows and then pick and choose like some of the best stuff from it. But I guess yeah. you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Nice thing is I know we're going to have uh, we're going to get some of the audio. We're going to get the audio from the, the acorn show. So if that, if that turns out good, that might, that might end up on Spotify or something pretty soon. So oh yeah. Yeah. In the near future. They've got a really good setup there. And uh, I know that um, they're doing more and more of that, being able to, you know, provide a, a live recording at the end of the night. That sounds great. And so uh, let's, so you've got the, the uh, album release at the acorn on November 3rd. And then the album, is also going to be available that same day on uh, what Spotify? Uh, what other? What other um, uh, platforms are are the uh, is sure. the album going to be on? Yeah, so it's going to be on all the all the all the streaming services that you can get. Um, so yeah, like uh, Spotify is a big one. Apple Music, uh, Deezer, uh, you know. YouTube, Spotify, or, sorry, SoundCloud, um, all those, and also if you are a physical 
physical copy kind of person, we, we will have it on vinyl and CD as well. Oh, and you can't beat vinyl for sure. How, so, you know, what is the, um, how, how do you go about doing that? You know, do, is, is the producer the guy that then organizes the pressings and uh, the CD creations and, and the album art and all that? Or does one of you do that? You know, how, how are you guys doing that? It's all rather in-house, actually. After the production side, you actually have to get it separate mastered for something like vinyl. Ah. Um, CD and streaming kind of fall to the to the same file of distribution slash streaming and, you know. Sure, because it's all but, digital. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when we, after that, we, with the masters, we, we handle most of that in-house. Uh, Fran definitely was looking into vinyl pressing months before this album was actually gone. But um, the artwork has to be done, too. So um, that's also kind of a thing where, you know, we got to we have to find the right person that we can capture this idea and make it work. And on top of that is photography and liner notes. And, and a lot of this is all done between us as the band. Well, that's quite the adventure. I mean, um, and I know, Trevor, you went to kind of went to school for this stuff. Um, did any of did any others of you um you know go to school and learn the details about how to do all this stuff yeah okay so fran and i actually went to the same college uh-huh um i so we both went to valparaiso university and funny enough we never actually knew each other there um well, pretty until like the very sure. end uh-huh. yeah we just you know <laughs> the years we just didn't mesh up but um yeah i was a business there and so that's what i did and Oh, great. Yeah. So this is great. I mean, you guys are doing exactly what you went to school for and what you have a passion in. Uh, congratulations and um, congratulations on your new album. This is going to be great. Coming out oh, November 3rd, Culture Fever. And again, um, the album release party is going to be at the Acorn Theater. And uh, let's hope those um, live recordings come out well so they can be used somewhere else. That'll be great. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, so uh, the early who consists of uh, Frank Gleason on drums, Colin Matterford on bass, Trevor McDonald on guitar and Alyssa Service on keyboards, uh, the early E-R-L-Y. And uh, good luck to you guys. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right, let's listen to a couple of the early songs. Here's What to Do With You to start out with. Here we go.
That was The Early with What to Do With You, and then the second song was Flame the Main. And uh, you've been listening to Johnny Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman. You've been listening to us on Radio Harbor Country. That's 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, WRHC, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, Check out The Early at the Acorn on November 3rd for their album release party. And good night, everybody.